This is Stephen Adams. And this is Kevin Dr- oh, sorry. <laughs> Kevin Durant. <laughs> You're Kevin Durant, mate. <laughs> good to see you, mate. Different complexion. Okay, let's go to you. So, this is Stephen Adams. And this is Anna's Cantor. You're listening to the Down to Earth. Down to Dunk podcast. What? Down to, down to Dunk. Down to Dunk. I'll down say that. Dunk. Introduce yourself, mate. Here's Stephen Adams, and I'm Anna's Cantor. And you're listening to Down to Dunk podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Down to Dunk Podcast. This is your host, Andrew Schlecht, and with me, John Ham. John Ham, how are you? I'm living. How are you? I'm pretty good. Uh, John Ham is sick, so if John <laughs> like says something out of like a hallucination or something, like give him give him some grace today because John needs it. Uh, I am I am hopped up on Prometheus some cough syrup. <laughs> um, <laughs> And <clears throat> NyQuil and other goodies. Yeah. So. <laughs> this should be peak John Ham today. So. Yeah. <laughs> Ask me anything. <laughs> uh, by the way, excuse me clearing my throat repeatedly throughout this. Yes. Yeah. Please give give Ham a little grace with the uh, with the uh, extracurricular noises. Um, yeah. So we're just going to do Twitter questions. We got a lot of good questions today. Uh, first one is from at OkieProud76. So what are your thoughts on Alex Kennedy's report about Presti's trade plans? And let me see if I can pull that up real quick. Alex Kennedy wrote an article. He's a guy that's pretty plugged in. He writes for Hoops Hype. And he's pretty plugged in and and knows a lot about what's going around the league. He wrote just a trade article. Here's what he wrote about the Thunder. He says, the Thunder are a bit more interesting in talks with several teams that have sent mixed signals rival executives aren't sure if they want to be buyers or make a playoff run or if they want to move off of their players to focus more on the team's long-term outlook either way the thunder are working the phones and one general manager said they will do something one way or another they won't stand pat really interesting stuff um none of that surprises me yeah what are your what are your general thoughts on that um, that they could be looking to go either direction or both directions. They could be looking to, you know, get pieces in that could help out right now, as well as, you know, stuff down the road. Uh, they could be leveraging one team against another. Um, yeah, I mean, all, all of those things I tend to believe, including the fact that I feel like there's going to be at least one trade before the deadline. Yeah, I agree. They're active. This is not the team they want. A lot of people are like, Ross needs some help. And it's it's like yeah of course he does and the the thunder know that the thunder know that this team is extremely top heavy and the absence of Ennis Cantor has really shown that I mean Cantor Cantor missed time last season it wouldn't be this pronounced but the fact that the Thunder have I mean it's basically Russ Adams Oladipo Cantor uh, and then everybody else is like a role player or a specialist right. And so mm-hmm. whenever you remove one of those guys, it makes things a lot harder. Like scoring is really hard whenever you don't yeah. have that guy. Um, the Thunder know that. They they would love to make a deal. They want to make this roster make sense. They know it doesn't make sense. And, you know, one thing, the, th- the Thunder may make a move that makes no sense for this current roster at all just because it's a move-up asset-wise. And so we have to, like, view view this team not as – Oh, they're one player away. If they just had one more player, they'd be ready to make a run. Uh, they've got to reshape the whole thing, basically. It's it's Russ and it's Steve. 
and then they don't know that anybody else is really a long-term solution. So it'll be interesting. Yeah. And, and I know there's there are people out there that are really hung up on getting as high in the playoff ladder as possible. Yeah. You know, got to go make a move. Like, I don't know. <clears throat> let's just say someone tweeted out something like the Thunder have seven million in cap room and are just collecting revenue checks. <laughs> and then <clears throat> and then throw out the suggestion of Lou Williams as an acquisition. Yeah. Let's let's say someone did that. Who, I don't know um, who would do that. I don't know. Um, why? Right. Not, not that I don't. Not that I don't like Lou Williams. I think he's a perfectly fine NBA player. Um, if that gets you from the seventh seed to the sixth seed, why? Right. <laughs> so I like Lou Williams too, um, but yeah, he's he's not a long term solution. He's just trying to. That's just filling a hole that the Thunder have. And yeah, what's the point? Right. Yeah. So anyway, that if someone were to tweet out stuff like that. I mean that that would that would kind of be my response is what is the point? Yeah. And now you've saddled yourself with seven million in salary next season, that could probably hamper you in, in the continued development of this team. So yep. there's that. For sure. Uh, next question from at D underscore hunt zero eight. He says in all caps we need to trade for Devin Booker. Who would we have to who would we have to lose and is it worth it? So the Here's the deal. The Thunder aren't getting Devin Booker. Devin Booker is the number one best asset that the the Suns have. He's so young and so good. Uh, he is only four months older than Josh Jackson, who is currently playing at Kansas right now. And <laughs> he's got almost two years of NBA experience. He's averaging over 20 points a game. Uh, the only way the Thunder will get him is if it's a Russell Westbrook trade package. Like I don't think they would even if they offered Stephen Adams or Devin Booker straight up, the Suns would say no. I mean they would, and so to say that we could go get him, it's just not going to happen. So uh, I know you've really been wanting to us to talk about this, Dylan, but it's just he's too valuable, he's too young, he's too good, and it's just not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, now it's entirely possible that Phoenix, you know, loses their minds. I mean, that, that's a team that needs to do something too. They are so heavy sure. on the perimeter. Yep. Um, and and I have kind of looked at ideas between Oklahoma City and Phoenix for a while, mostly looking at TJ Warren. Yeah. But even then, that's not a guy that is going to open up the floor for you. Right. <laughs> He's not going to spread up the floor very yeah. much. So, yeah, he and Book, Booker's their guy. They're not moving Booker. Yeah. Unless it's for a top five player, in which case they would be floored <laughs> to get a top he's, five player for Booker. He's twenty years old. Yeah, I mean it's and, and he's doing some really remarkable stuff right now. Yeah, that this should be a cornerstone piece in Phoenix. Yeah, there'll be a lot of guys in this current draft that will be a lot older than him. So he's got a ton of potential. All right, next question at D Puzzle twenty three. Since salary cap guru John is on, can we get an explanation of what we can really do with the trade exception slash salary cap room? Oh, you, that one that, okay. So one, in other words, elaborate on something that someone might have tweeted during <laughs> Saturday night's game. Yes. All, really, all we want to talk about is Bill Simmons. Do you want to talk about the podcast <laughs> that he and Kevin Durant did? Let's just do that. Let's just veer off. Actually, I, I'm so tired of talking about that. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't even listen to it, to be completely honest. I, and, and I had some Thunder fans tell me that it's really good. You should listen to it. 
No, uh, I, I, I just wasn't interested. I, I, I know one verse in Slant. I know the other one is on a PR campaign to try yeah. to, you know, make himself. Uh, anyway, yeah, I haven't listened to that. So <laughs> back to this. Um, okay, so here's the situation. My parents went away on a week's vacation, and they took the key to the brand new Porsche. Oh, sorry, man. <laughs> Peak ham. I busted out into some fresh prints there for a moment. Um, <laughs> so the Thunder right now, if you if you add up the players on the team right now, uh, they would be under the salary cap by about seven point two million. But when they did that trade of Ursan Ilyasova for Jeremy Grant, that created a trade exception. So that trade exception counts towards your team's salary. Therefore, the Thunder are technically over the salary cap. Mm-hmm. So here's their options. That trade exception can be used. You know, it's it's worth I think seven point four million, uh, potentially seven point five. Um, they could use that to go out and acquire a player or like trade a guy making 1 million for a guy making 7 million. What they can't do is like combine the trade exception plus players to get a larger salary guy. You can't take that plus Ennis Cantor, go get a guy making 24 million. Um, so, or they could renounce that trade exception as well as <clears throat> this smaller exception called the room exception. Um, and that is for teams that are under the salary cap, that are able to you know, sign a veteran to a deal that's more than the veteran minimum. Anyway, they could renounce that, fall under the cap by you know, $7.2 million or so, and now <clears throat> you can trade a guy making $5 million plus the $7 million in cap room at a guy making twelve, for example. So, um, And you're not really trading the cap space. I mean, you just have room under the cap to where you, know, you can use that space in order to acquire a player, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So the Thunder do have some tools to open up some room to to bring in a player like a like a Wilson Chandler, and you wouldn't have to match salaries exactly for that to make that happen. Right. Right. So, for example, that's you know, um, last week for Bleacher Report, I was asked to come up with you know some kind of a trade that the Thunder might be working on, and there there was a report the Thunder were interested in Wilson Chandler. So, you know, the idea that I put out there was campaign and Andre Robertson for uh, Wilson Chandler. And it works because then you could use the cap space as, you know, in addition to those two guys and absorb Chandler's contract. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you could not, for example, um, and that would mean renouncing that, that room mid-level exception as well. So anyway, the, imagine they're kind of on a teeter-totter. They can go one way or the other mm-hmm. in, in, this, uh, in this instance. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by Anchor Down. Uh, and we always have a hot hand player of the week. Uh, John, you have any nominations outside of Russell Westbrook? Because I'm just about to give it to him again. Because I'm not sure we have any yeah. any other players that are have been that good or that hot. I don't know. Kyle Singler had a pretty good game the other night. He did. Kyle, the hot hand player of the week is Kyle Singler, everybody. Let's do it. <laughs> He's, uh, he actually played in a game, mostly because the Thunder missed 24 consecutive shots against the uh, Washington Wizards. Which was like maddening and amazing, and just like wow, like I didn't know people that play basketball for a living could do this, uh, but they did it, and it allowed Kyle to get a little time to shine. Uh, so shout out to Kyle Singler for getting on the court. Uh, go eat at Anchor Down; they have uh, the best corn dogs in Oklahoma City. So if you like corn dogs, this is your place. They have 
Uh, they're a gourmet corn dog restaurant. Uh, also, they have a great bar and also a great place to watch Thunder games. So if you need a place to watch the Thunder and the Knicks tonight, go check out Anchor Down. They have a good uh, a good place to watch with uh, great TVs, uh, great beer selection, corn dogs. And if you like salad, you know they've got salads. Go to Anchor Down. Uh, so... Next question. This is this is kind of an interesting one uh, to me, and it's kind of more on the uh, Kevin Durant topic. So if you don't like this, you can hit the fast-forward button maybe like four or five times and then join us on the next question. So from at Gonzarandi, can John Hamm expand a little bit about Russ going to the owners slash GM about KD and Draymond last season? Uh, yeah, so there's not, I, I don't really have much to expand upon other than that. Um, I did another podcast uh, earlier this week where I talked with uh, a Thunder fan who's got his own his own podcast called The Beer Garden, and, and I just mentioned that. And it, and this story has been written by Woj. I cannot find it. Google's not helping me right now. <laughs> but, you know, Woj had wrote that, and then someone that, you know, that I talked to confirmed that that definitely did happen during the Western Conference Finals. Um and the the one article that I did find um, is that Woj was doing a podcast, I believe, with Jeff Van Gundy. I could be wrong. Okay. Uh, it may be someone else, but this was shortly after, um, you know, the decision day after July Fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was with Jeff Van Gundy. And what Woj said was, and there's no question, I know Russell was bothered by, and some other teammates were teammates were too of like there was some knowledge there that Draymond was in contact with Kevin all season long and they're in playoff series. And I know there was some conversation around the thunder team of, Hey man, this guy just kicked Steven Adams in the nuts twice in this series. And what are you doing hanging out with this guy? What's the relationship we're trying to beat these guys. So, uh, yeah. And that's, that's what I was talking about is the relationship between Draymond and Kevin Durant was an issue last season with with the guys in the thunder locker room yeah that just makes me feel more sad john (laughs) that's that's what i set out to do just to make people sad (laughs) oh is this podcast about beer we can make it that well i mean the beer garden podcast oh I, i i don't think so i think it's just a name of the podcast this guy i think does a lot of various topics and and he just wanted to have me on to talk some thunder stuff so it was fun cool uh from at caleb underscore jones underscore he says did you see the thunder were asking what the thunder were asking from the raptors for ibaka it seems they got all they wanted since then except for a point guard does that say something about cameron Payne going forward so the Serge Ibaka was traded yesterday, if somehow you missed that. Somehow you listen to our podcast and don't know that. Serge Ibaka was traded to the Toronto Raptors for Terrence Ross in a first-round pick in this upcoming draft that will probably be in the 20s. It's Memphis's pick. So, uh, so a, a huge downgrade. But the, the rumor was that the Thunder were in talks, and this is actually it's not a rumor. It's been confirmed. The Thunder were in talks with the Toronto Raptors this summer before they pulled the trigger on the Orlando Magic deal to trade Serge Ibaka to the Raptors, and it's for the the ninth pick in the draft, which would have been Demonis Sabonis anyway. Uh, so you can say Demonis Sabonis, Patrick Patterson. Um, who else was in that deal? 
they were asking for Patrick Patterson, Corey Joseph, Corey Joseph, yeah, and then, and uh, Norman Powell, yeah, Norm Powell, yeah, and the ninth pick, which, like you said, would have been Sabonis. <laughs> so, I think that Oladipo is better than all those guys, right? But I wonder, do you think that that deal might have been better for OKC? There's a case to be made. Now, I, I don't know. If, obviously, Toronto didn't want to go forward with it or, or the trade would have happened that night. Um, and it's also possible that <clears throat> that's what Sam was talking to Toronto about. And then he goes to Orlando and says, hey, here's what I'm talking to Toronto about. Right. In other words, trying you know trying to create some leverage there. So, um, you know, there's even though this is what the Thunder demanded, there's still no you know indications that the Raptors were willing to go there. But yeah. if they if they had been, that's really interesting to get a backup combo guard to get a promising defensive swing man on the perimeter and Patrick Patterson, a spread the floor type guy, much like Ilya Sova, right? Who was obviously eventually moved and the nine picks. So. Maybe it's just six of one, half a dozen of the other in the end. Um, Joseph uh, would have had a couple of years left on his contract. He's not been very good this season. You know, take that into into consideration. Uh, And then Norman Powell is one of those second round picks that's kind of made a niche for himself that would be on a controllable contract. Yeah, and and I like Powell. I like his. I mean, he's basically could fill that wing spot that the Thunder are desperate to fill. He's a role player for sure, uh, but he's been really good for them so far. Corey Joseph, I, and he asked about Cameron Payne. And the uh-huh. reason that in the offseason that I would have definitely preferred the Orlando package is because I was a big Cameron Payne believer. And yeah. so far this season, he hasn't given me a whole lot of indication that he's going to be a good player. But uh, I'd much rather have Corey Joseph right now than him. Uh, and Patrick Patterson is he's a very good player he's he's better than Ilyasova, and he would be on this team right now i don't think they would you would not trade patrick patterson for jeremy grant you just wouldn't because patterson can shoot uh he can play kind of power forward and he can play center sometimes uh he's he's good he's a good role player and he would have really helped this team quite a bit uh so but then i know they're both not better than oladipo it's it's tough because Oladipo's having a really bad stretch right now. And if you ask right. me this when Oladipo was shooting forty something, forty some odd percent from three, I would have said, "Oh, uh, no way!" Like sign me up for Victor Oladipo. Uh, but if you can get two guys that can play, this team is just desperate for a backup guard right now. So yeah, that's, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of what I think is kind of drumming up some like, "Oh my goodness!" Like the Thunder, if they could have had that, you wonder, "Oh, maybe they should have done that," but. Uh, right. I think going forward, I think the Thunder will be hap- happier with Oladipo than Powell and Joseph. But I think it's close. I think it's very close. Oh, definitely. And so, and and again, I, I would stretch uh, stress that even though that's reportedly what the Thunder were asking for, you know, obviously Toronto wasn't willing to give it up, and it, yeah. you know, in the end, it it helped leverage Orlando into making a panic trade. Yeah, and Orlando is. Panicking right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's crazy. But, you know, and I don't know, that's a whole other topic, but you see teams out there doing things like Orlando is doing and people want to, you know, carry pitchforks and torches to Sam Presti's house. It just, it gets me sometimes. I don't get it. Yeah. I think, I think some people just only watch the thunder 
and really just look at the Thunder. But if you like compare like all, what all these other teams are doing, and most most I think most people here in OKC are comparing OKC and Golden State. And if that's right. your like only comparison, then yeah, Sam Presti should be fired because he does not have <laughs> this outlier of a team here in Oklahoma City right. anymore. Uh, but when you compare him to like Orlando, Phoenix, Brooklyn, uh, you know Indiana, like you look at all these teams and you're like, oh, well he's not he's not doing so bad. Um, yeah, I think that's where you have to have the perspective. But when you compare OKC to Cleveland or you compare them to Golden State, like you know, and, and you have the argument that they should have been that team, like they should have been that team, anyways. Uh, but things don't always work out in the NBA. You can just look through NBA history, and it just doesn't always work out. And Sam Presti, even though he's maybe made some bad moves, and he's also had a lot of bad luck, and then uh, what happened this past summer really sucked, but I I think that overall he's doing a great job. And, you know, I, I tweeted out, I think before Saturday's game, just comparing the Thunder through 54 games to other teams mm-hmm. in NBA history that lost a star player. And a lot of people got my point where, where I was coming from there. And I, a lot of people just assumed that I was anti-Kevin Durant, which that was not the point. But please, you know, jump to assumptions, Twitter. You do that better than anyone. Um, and then I had people, you know, replying to me. None of those other teams had, you know, a guy like Russell Westbrook on their team. Like, thank you. You've just got to validate my point. Exactly. My point being, right. <laughs> yeah, management not only retained Russell Westbrook, but, you know, if when Kevin left – if Russ would have had the likes of Joey Graham, Jamario Moon, um, Samardo Samuels, you know, those type of guys to play with, Russ would have forced his way out. Hey, I don't think he's signed. They still had Anthony Parker? Yeah, I forgot about Anthony Parker. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, that's the thing. I mean, yes, Russ got an instant $9 million pay bump by doing that extension, but I think, too, knowing that, okay, there's still some, you know, there's still stuff to work with here. Yeah, you know, kind of kind of played in the Thunder's favor as well. But any, anyway, none of that's usually considered um, when people go on their their little mini rants. Yeah, uh, I listened to a podcast this morning, and it was the Open Floor podcast. And Andrew Sharp has been killing me lately because he continues to talk about Russell Westbrook as if he's not very good. Uh, he had a great case to make because he he got to talk a lot about the Wizards game the other night, um, right? But to talk about that as like your baseline for Russ is just so unfair. Uh, he compared him to Demarcus Cousins, that you know he's not a winner and all this stuff. So I don't know if you if you like to kill people on Twitter, you can kill Andrew Sharp today if you like to do that. <laughs> uh, oh man, the hot takes are out in full force. It's ridiculous. It is unreal. Okay, at Aaron Terrell. He asks, looking at the rest of the schedule, how is your how is our record going to finish? How does it compare to your original prediction? So I, I took a look at the schedule, and the Thunder schedule is rather soft moving forward, uh, which is very nice. So I went through them, and I just kind of picked like teams I thought they should beat, and you know this this is give or take several games, but they could they could make a run over this these next couple months and i had them coming out to 48 and 34 um which is higher i think i predicted them for 46 or 47 so a game above above what i predicted and it wouldn't shock me if they ended up at 46 or even 45 would not be so surprising because there's some back-to-backs in here that i think they could lose like 
They've got Portland and Phoenix on a back-to-back at the beginning of March. Like They should beat both those teams. They're both not very good, um, especially with the Plumley trade. I, I think that they're going to be worse. Um, and then Phoenix isn't and, any good. But they could lose one of those as well. Yeah, and both those teams, I think, are going to be making moves before the deadline. So that's it's a yeah. little tough to do. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> my preseason pick, I think I had the Thunder at 47 wins. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm still feeling pretty comfortable with that. And according to basketball reference, the Thunder have had the league's third toughest schedule so far. Huh. So yeah, and consider then, where they're at. Um yeah, third toughest schedule in their current record. I, I I haven't looked too far ahead on the schedule, but I do believe you're right that the there was a really rough part of the schedule that the Thunder are have gotten through. Yes. I think starting today, it eases up a, a whole lot. Yeah, so here's March. I'll just read through it real quick, and it's super soft. Portland, Phoenix, Dallas, Portland. Then you have the Spurs in Utah, which is tough. Brooklyn, Toronto, Sacramento, and then you play Golden State again. Philly. Houston, Dallas, Orlando, and San yeah. Antonio. I mean, that's there are a ton of winnable games there. And like you said, this is about the time of year where people are going to make some big decisions about their roster, and there are going to be some trades made, and there's going to be some tanking from yeah, teams yeah. like Phoenix and maybe even Portland. Like Portland may – I think trading Mason Plumley signals that, hey – you know what? Let's try again. Because uh, Nurkic is not ready to be a starting center in this league. And he showed that. You can look at all the numbers. They all are not very favorable toward him. Uh, I don't think he's ready to be their starting center. And neither is Myers Leonard. <laughs> so right. um, they're not going to be as good. And they may just be better off getting a better pick in the draft, if, you know, getting the 10th pick in the draft rather than the you know 13th or 14th pick in the draft they they may be in a better position uh, if they do that so uh, i could see them tanking phoenix will tank i don't know what dallas will do they've been playing well lately uh, but it's fun- really hard for dallas to tank when your coach is rick carlisle it is <laughs> they, they get dallas twice in march uh but you're right he just gets stuff out of yogi ferrell and just right. random dudes that you're like i didn't know they were a person and now they're yeah. out here just <laughs> killing people um yeah. So yeah, it, it'll be it'll be interesting. Uh, Brooklyn, obviously, they're just a bad team. Uh, Philly should probably be tanking by that point, um, even though they don't really have to try to tank. Uh, so it it's a soft schedule, and then April is not difficult either. They have Charlotte, Milwaukee, Memphis, Phoenix, Denver, Minnesota, and Denver to finish yeah. out. And Denver will be playing for that playoff spot, and they may have even locked in by then. I don't know. But those last two games against Denver will be highly contested uh, just because I think that they'll want to win. But um, it's it's interesting. I think that 47, 48 wins is about where we projected them, and that seems like where they're going to land. So, you know, and rather than looking at wins, do you, here's my thought, and I'll see if you agree with me. Maybe it's better off if the Thunder wind up at six or seven. Yeah. Then wind up at five oh. or even four. Oh, I'm I'm on this train. I, I've yeah. been, I've been on this train. So and this just goes out there with the people that are obsessed about you know get as high as you can. Okay, well if they get the four seed, you've got home court advantage in round one, and then you go to round two and you're going to get blown up by Golden State. Yeah, I don't want that. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that to us, Thunder. Please. Yeah. Or if, don't do if it you're to the five seed, right. <laughs> If you're the five seed, you uh, you don't have home court advantage, and if you win that series, then you get to go play 
you know, Golden State. If you're six or seven, now you've got a chance to meet up against potentially Houston, yeah, potentially the Spurs. Um, and I think there's a chance. There's a chance. There's a chance. They, they could pull off that series, you know, one of those series. Um, They'll be a tough out. I mean, against yeah. the, especially against the Rockets. I think they're going to be really tough out. They played them very, very close. And if the Thunder do acquire a player that can kind of push them forward a little bit, uh, they're going to be really, really tough. Just playing Russ in the playoffs, you have an experienced group here. Uh, the Rockets don't really have an experienced playoff group. They miss, or they, yeah, yeah they, they just haven't. The, the team that made it to the West Finals is is not there anymore. Um, right. So Josh Smith is gone. He's in China. So um, <laughs> it'll be it, it'll be yeah. interesting. I expect the Thunder to lose in the first round. That's my expectation. But they're going to be tough. Yeah, I, I'm just thinking of potential paths back to the Western Conference Finals, which we've been talking all season is is a long shot. Oh, yeah. And this is still this is still a long shot as a six or seven seed. But I think maybe your odds are a little bit better than if you get into the playoffs as a four or five seed. Yeah, for sure. Uh, next question from at Dr. Faisal. He says, for everyone but Russ, give each player a homework assignment for the All-Star break. Uh, let's start with Victor Oladipo. My assignment is rest your wrist, Victor. Don't do anything <laughs> involving wrist movement. You get that wrist better and come back and shoot the ball well after the All-Star break. Do you yeah. have anything else for him? Uh, not for Victor, no. Uh, Steven Adams, uh, let's just get some, let's get some like Steven Adams rage going. Let's listen to like some, oh, some death metal or something for like the entire all-star break. Just have some death metal in your earbuds, uh, and just yeah. come back and just destroy people. Write us a report on death metal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Uh, Andre Robertson, um, what, what do you think for Andre? 503 point shots a day <laughs> yeah just come on andre which he probably does course. anyway yeah. if not more i'm so. sure he does uh do you think andre will get traded i'm still leaning in that direction yeah me too. um yeah and and not like again sometimes you trade a guy and you're happy they're gone or you know it's time to give up on them or what have you i just i, I just think the circumstances have kind of lined out to where i i think he's a prime candidate to be moved yeah i think it makes the most sense i don't think the thunder are going to pay him what he wants either. yeah uh ennis Cantor, just get that arm better man we need you the thunder needed <laughs> ennis Cantor way worse than what anybody thought the thunder have maybe played like one good game with their bench uh since he's been out uh it's been rough like just get just get better ennis and study defense yeah, uh, that's what I was going to say. Something to the effect of do some yoga. Um, you know, make sure you're getting your, getting in your five prayers per day or something to just kind of you know refocus your mind and and and, and keep the anger out. Um, yeah, and, and I find it curious too that you know Cantor says he knows when he's coming back, but he can't say. Oh, really? I didn't. I haven't heard that. Yeah this this was something. Uh, was it Eric Horn that reported that? Um, <laughs> that's a really funny thing to say to, to the media. It is. It is. It kind of took me back for a moment. I was like, did you really say that? Because that kind of breaks all sorts of protocol there. Um, The All-Star break falls really well for Cantor because I do think that he'll be reevaluated pretty soon. And I think that, 
you know, they, apparently that bone tends to heal quickly, so um, he could be back pretty quick. I hope he is. Yeah, he could be. Uh, so apparently in the locker room, he did not ha- – this was after uh, the Wizards game. Um, he didn't have a cast on, and he had an ice bag. And I'm trying to find the exact quote, and I can't find it just yet. So anyway, um, yeah, needless to say, Cantor could be back. It may not be six to eight weeks. Maybe it's not. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. Uh, Demonis Sabonis, uh, just chill out. Don't be so hard on yourself, man. Just just play ball. We know you can play. We know you can shoot. Just play ball. Just just chill out. That's your assignment. Yep. Yep, enjoy, like that. enjoy the rising stars game but then just chill out and just from what people say he seems to be really hard on himself and i'm sure he beats himself up every time he misses a three some people are beginning to question like is he even a three-point shooter but the, the thing is that the thunder whenever he in all of his draft workouts like he shot the lights out like this isn't right. just like some kind of like blip in the radar with him being a shooter and he may end up, only end up being like a 35 36 37 percent three-point shooter uh, which is still very good for a power forward. So um, perfectly fine. Yeah, yeah. So uh, chill out, Domas. Jeremy Grant. Um, I want you to just cry watching the uh, slam dunk contest because you should be there. That's all I want. Just cry. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Cantor update. <clears throat> this okay. is Eric Horn. He published this yesterday. Um, <clears throat> with a grin, Cantor said he knows when he's coming back, but wouldn't tell. He doesn't want to put pressure on the Thunder organization or himself with a definitive date. Huh. I think that means he's coming he is, back tonight. <laughs> uh, and again, he is out of the hard cast and he had his arm, uh, his forearm wrapped in ice. So there you go. There's your canter update. There it is. So he's been uh, one, two, it'll be three weeks today, right? Yeah. Yeah. Reevaluation uh, at the trade week. deadline, right? yep (laughs) kind of interesting uh cameron Payne, like rediscover that you're an actual basketball player because we saw it last year your stats aren't that bad from last year that was your rookie year let's uh let's rediscover some of that magic cam yeah i mean i i i am still trying not to be too hard on the guy because i kind of understand how difficult it might be to just jump right back in considering all the time he's missed and sort of the identity that the second unit has, has gained and changed throughout the year. So I'm going to, I'm still going to give him a little bit of slack. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Morrow. I don't know. Like, I don't know if he needs to like float tank or something because he is just awful from three. He's down to 28% from three. What is, what is going on with him? I mean, it's very, very weird, huh? It, it is, um, and, and I've heard everything from he's not getting consistent minutes to he doesn't know what his role is and <clears throat> all sorts of things. But Hasn't that been his whole you know, career, though? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, I, m- maybe maybe the skill has diminished. That's also entirely yeah. uh, possible as well. Yeah. Uh, Joffrey, I think that he's finally got to clean up that beard, right? Yeah. I think so. And and keep working on that three point shot. We're up to thirty four percent. Yeah. He's been he's been shooting it well. I, I like yeah. it when he shoots with confidence. Because he can Definitely. really he can really hit when he is. Uh Alex Sabrinas, I want you to first of all, congratulations, Alex Sabrinas, and to John Hamm for him uh getting named to the Rising Stars is it Rising Stars Challenge? Is that the I name? think that's right. Yeah. I, I hate that they call it a challenge. Um 
the Rising Stars Challenge, John Hamm, one of his bold predictions before the season was that the Thunder would have two Rising Stars, and they do. So, uh, mad props to John Hamm, mad props to uh, Abrinas. Uh, but my assignment is for Abrinas to text Donovan every day of the break asking for more minutes because I really want him to play more. <laughs> yeah, I am. <clears throat> I'm really excited about Abrinas. You just see things. I mean, especially that dunk he had against Cleveland. Oh, man, yes. Um, you, you just see those moments. And I don't know what his ceiling is, but if he could turn, I, I think – I think he could become a J.J. Redick-like player. Yeah, I agree with that. Now, the Thunder are going to have to start learning how to do off-ball screens. Yeah, no kidding. But... <laughs> he's got to, yeah, and he's he's got to be, he's got to get his, he's got to be a little quicker than he is. Right yeah. now, I mean, he's a ways away from being a J.J. Redick guy. And right now, he's just a spot-up dude, and he's good. And he can do a little bit more than what people think, but... Uh, they got to try, start trying more stuff with him and just playing him more. I don't know why he didn't play more. Yeah, I mean, other than, you know, because, yes, this is a development year. Um, but also, I mean, they, they are trying to they are trying to win games. I mean, I think if this was a complete, like, we don't care what happens at all this season, then, yeah, maybe they do roll out, you know, uh, Ily, uh, not Ilyasova, Abrinas, for yeah. 25 minutes a game and, you know, Sabonis for 30 and, and, you know, kind of go back to that, that first year in OKC and just, you know, let the guys roll. But mm-hmm. I think they're trying to find that balance between winning basketball games and getting guys the valuable experience they need. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, Kyle Singler. I don't even know what to say at this point. I feel like I've said so much uh, about Kyle and, I'm not even sure what the assignment is anymore. It's definitely stop floating. Like it doesn't work, Kyle. Like get out, get out the tank. Stop floating. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what the solution is for Singler. Uh, maybe, maybe it is just 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 mail it in. Tell Presti just stretch me, man. Just get me out of here. <clears throat> I was going to say, yeah. My, my assignment might be find a good retirement planner. <laughs> and that, that's going to sound incredibly harsh. But I mean, if if he's not traded, or even if he is, you know, I, I think he's a candidate to be waived. I don't know if it's going to be at the trade deadline or if it's going to be afterwards. But um, yeah, I, I think that's I think that's definitely the case that we might be looking at his last season in the NBA because I'm struggling to think of another team that would say, you know what, we'll take a chance on him. Right. Maybe Oklahoma City, you know, maybe we can find something in him. I, who knows? Maybe the Clippers will. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. But. Oh, that would be great. I mean, yeah. you, you got to know that Presti's trying to put him in every trade possible just to get him off the roster. I mean, a roster, an, an available roster spot is more valuable than Kyle Singler right now. So, yeah, that's um, true. Uh, Josh Hustis, man, I don't, I don't know what Josh Hustis has to do to get minutes. Yeah, you know, you've talked, you've talked with Brett about this, mm-hmm. um, and, and maybe Fred Katz too, but. Yeah. I tend to agree there. Maybe the thunder are kind of over that project. They seem to be. I mean, yeah, with the minute, I mean, they are desperate for a wing that can do anything, anything at all, you know, yeah. and he doesn't get a shot. And when right. he did play everybody. And he, <laughs> what's hilarious is that when he did come in and play, uh, he played pretty well. And, 
then it just makes you question it even more. Like right now, he's got a 61 PER. <laughs> <laughs> After seven minutes. Yeah. yeah. And it's, I mean, he obviously he played pretty well. He's a pretty efficient player. Yeah. <laughs> he's got a 37% assist rate. <laughs> I mean. The Thunder need that right yeah, now, right? He's obviously the, the second best player on the Thunder if you look at his yeah. advanced stats. That's uh, right. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if he needs to start some kind of like campaign where he needs to, maybe he needs to hire a new agent. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know what it is. And yeah. I, I don't buy, Fred and I talked about this, I don't buy that it's pick and roll coverage because uh, they have lots of guys that really suck at pick and roll coverage on their team. Yeah, I don't buy that. Yeah. I think that's a bunch of crap. So <clears throat> here's something that I've thought about. Okay. So Josh <clears throat> came into the NBA excuse me, and agreed <laughs> to play in the D-League for one year. Mm-hmm. So then he, <clears throat> then he signs his NBA contract. Um, is it possible that they picked up his third year just to reward him for that first year that he missed all the money on? That's that entire, they really don't... Yeah, that they really don't want I, him. Yeah. That basically they, they know this isn't going to work. And this was their way of rewarding him by picking up his third year option. They don't have to pick up the fourth year um, until you know in, in the off season. So, I mean, honestly, I, I, either I want, either play him or don't pick up his fourth year. Like, don't pick up his right. fourth year. Why would you do it if you're not going to play? If you're right. not going to pay him or play him yeah. or pay him? Because in this year of like we say development, you would think if they if they thought Josh was part of this core going forward that they would have worked him into the lineup by now. Yeah. So um, that that's what I wonder if they didn't pick up the third year just as a thank you for trying this out. And, you know, we're not picking up your fourth year um, and what happens happens. Maybe he gets put into a trade. Maybe if they need to open up a roster spot due to trades or whatever, that he's one that's released. Um, it's, it's possible that they still envision him doing something, but it sure seems like that they would have given him a chance by now. Yep. Uh, Nick Collison, you do you, Nick. And I don't really have anything for Samaje Christian. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, next, next and final question. Uh, this is from at Tim Kurtz. Hello, Tim. Tim's awesome. He's come to some live pods. Great guy. Uh, I've seen how Robertson's cutting helps the offense, but I don't understand the theory behind why it works. And then two, shouldn't his increased cutting incentivize his defender to sag off him even more? So any, uh, anything from you before I offer up my probably really bad observation there? Um, I mean, it definitely should incent. I mean, everything he does incentivizes his uh, the defender to sag off of him, right? Um, but it's he's definitely they're definitely like opportunistic um, cuts. They're not. He's obviously not doing it all the time. It's more opportunistic. So. I think that he's seeing guys fall asleep or he's seeing a way that a defense is defending him where they're just completely ignoring him, and that's whenever he can get those cuts in. I also think that it's largely a confidence issue with him. I think basically all of his offense is a confidence issue. So if he's if he's going and if he feels good, he's going to do stuff like cut and he's going to go to the basket, and he, he had those two dunks where he took guys off the dribble, which was just shocking. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's he's just a zero on offense, and it's basically are his teammates finding him, and is he finding a seam? 
and that's about it. And if if they are paying like even like two percent attention to him, like he's not going to have a chance to do stuff like that. Yeah, I think you basically covered what I was going to say when you mentioned him being opportunistic because you know Robertson's defender is the double teamer, right? Yep. So. You know, if, if he can see that his man is going in for a double team and he can make a quick cut to the basket and, you know, catch other teams not paying attention to him, you know, that's when it's effective. So um, <clears throat> that's what they've got to do is try. And, and that's what they had to do in the Western Conference Finals last year is find a way to make Golden State pay for completely ignoring him. Yep. And that's when they started doing a lot of the stuff we're seeing from him lately. Yep. And in the current roster, it's tough whenever you don't have the shooting around like they did last season. Right. To run those like Robertson pick and rolls because the lane is already pretty clogged up with the bigs that they have, and then it, they would have to put in a pretty funky lineup for him to be able to do that again. So it's it's he just doesn't fit again. This is the roster doesn't fit together well, and Robertson's offense is a big reason why. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Down Junk Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at DTD Podcast. Leave us an iTunes review. I think we have 98 iTunes reviews. If you leave us two more five-star reviews, that's 100. And you know what? That's three digits. And it looks really <laughs> cool to me. So if you uh, listen to us every week, uh, I'd love for you to leave us an iTunes review. Uh, you can follow John on Twitter at John M. Ham. You can listen to him on the franchise here locally. Uh, also, look for his Bleacher Report articles. They're all very good. John is a great resource right now, so follow him on Twitter. Uh, read his tweets. He's going to be putting out great stuff all the time. And uh, feel better, John Ham. Thank you much. Thank you.